through a variety of different brushes with death and miracles, a Chinese triad gang leader finds out that Jesus is real and the Bible is truth on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, Chobi Seow, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you to, for having me. Yeah, it's, it is my pleasure. You have an absolutely incredible testimony. Um, you know, you were a former Chinese triad gangster, found Christ through several death experiences. Uh, so we have a lot to unpack with that. But before we get to that, I want to start off with your childhood, where from what I understand, you had kind of a tough uh, relationship there at the beginning with the church. You you kind of felt hurt by the church. So if you could get us started uh, from there, that would be great. Yeah. So, um, you know, I come I come from a Christian family. Um, Christian background, parents are involved in ministry. Um, but I think, I think from a very, very early on, I kind of realized that definitely the church wasn't perfect and the people in the church was not perfect. And I would just use my, 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 my father, for example, um, you know, we had a, we had my, my father's Chinese and he grew up traditionally Chinese from Singapore, very strict. And, you know, um, he had, he had a, he had a quite a violent tendency and, um, very scared of him, uh, you know, quite, 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 quite physically, um, abusive. And so for me, and, and, and yet I knew he was involved in ministry, but he had this, he had this massive anger issue. And it's not, it's not like a secret to a lot of people, especially in the Asian community. We, you know, you know, every, every culture has their things they battle with. And one thing the Asian culture battles with is anger and, 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 you know, and they can go to extreme and it's quite normal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, growing up thinking about, you know, what I'm hearing at church about God loves you as a father, this and that yet I'm, um, um, I, I was conflicted because of what I was seeing in my own house. Does that make sense? So I felt very distant. So that, that was just one example growing up that I thought, you know, it's, how, how do I how do I trust God if I'm if I'm if I can't trust my own father? Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah. So that was definitely one of the massive impacts early on um, when, when, when I was younger and the way I felt, viewed the church, the way I felt I, the way I viewed Christians and the way I viewed God, because I feel like, you know, when we grow up and we're, we're going through life experiences, um we we can put an image on god by the experiences we go through right so my understanding of uh, of god in the church was 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 kind of warped <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah which is actually it's pretty common for the people that we have on this on this program there's a lot of people that grow up with that with that kind of uh uh relationship with the church that that isn't the best uh, a lot of people get hurt i think by people in the church and a lot of people especially when you're young I think it's really hard to grasp it, that difference between the relationship with Jesus and just kind of following the rules, just kind of more tr following tradition. Um, so I, I don't think that uh, you are um, alone by any means with that. And then, uh, you know, to add to that, you know, what you were describing there with your father, I'm sure that that was that was very confusing and, and, and a lot to uh, try to comprehend at such a young age. Yeah, yeah, def definitely was, you know. So after, so the, you have this rough upbringing there, or at least as it relates to the church and, and with your dad, 
kind of take us from there. What's what's the next uh, part of of your journey? Yeah, so I, I would say I'll just kind of transition from that. Okay, so um, you know, my father, he it was almost like a generational thing, right? In 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 a lot of Asian Asian families, we there's a disconnection between an intimate relationship with the father. And he had he had a disconnection with his father in that aspect. So in the Chinese culture and a lot of Asian cultures, right, it's almost like what we are supposed to do. Like we have there's roles. Roles are very important in our community and in our culture. So if you're an elder, you're like an elder, right? If you're if you're younger, you just listen to the elder and that's your role. So, so, so expectations are looked at. Um, it's very important to, to fill your expectations. So my, it, there was never growing up. It wasn't like I would go to my dad and he would, and I would say, dad, like, you know, why do I, why can I not do this? There's no, there's no explanation with it. Right. The way he would explain things was he would explain things with, with, with just straight discipline. And, 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 and the discipline was harsh. I'm talking harsh, you know, like bamboo sticks, like coming at you, stuff like that. Like, like, you know, and, and it was like that with his father too. So, um, as I'm one of the, um, you know, I got, I've, I have, um, I'm the second oldest in my family. I got three, I got, I got four siblings all together. So naturally as an older sibling in the Asian community, we take care of our younger people, our, our younger siblings, but I learned from my father. So, I didn't explain things either. I wasn't good at explaining things because I didn't, I didn't have an example of my father explaining things to me. So anything that um, my dad would travel a lot because he, he was a, he's a missionary. He's still a missionary of YWAM. And the cool thing is we, we, we've shared this together and it is a lot of redemption in the, in the story together, both sides, you know, which is awesome. But growing up, like if my siblings did something wrong, there was no talking to them either. It was just, I'm just doing exactly what my example was. And that was the you know to the beat down. Yeah. So so because of that, my my gr- growing up, there's a few things that I dealt with. Number one, I, I had a speech impediment, so I had a really hard time speaking. You know, I was dyslexic, um, so I had a really hard time in school. I had a really hard time if people would ask me questions. It was very hard for me to put my emotions into language. It was very hard for me to put reasoning into language. So. Um, you know, I, I, I was in special ed class pretty much all my, all my years in school, I was in special ed class. So I remember in one of my schools, um, I was, I was in, you know, the public school, but in my class, there's only three of us. And, you know, the girl, the girl was deaf. The guy was blind, and then there was me. Wow. There's only three of us, you know. So like that—that that was like so. Me going to school, I didn't want to go to school because I felt like it was a waste of time. They didn't know what to do with me. They knew I couldn't read. I couldn't make things out. So it was just a tough, tough, tough thing, right? And then because I'm biracial, I'm Asian, right? My my mom is Caucasian from from the United States, and um, I always kind of felt this massive insecurity. Where do I fit in? I can't do what other kids do. This and that. So, um, we, we, you know, we moved to New Zealand when I was 11 years old and my younger brother, 
was in the same school as me. So here we're dealing with culture shock, right? Coming from Asia, right to New Zealand. And we were in a place called Auckland, Mangare. And that was like, prob that, is, that is probably the, the most hardcore place in all of New Zealand is Mangare. Okay, it's South Auckland and it is the hood. And most people don't hear about it because, you know, New Zealand's a good place. It's in that overall. But where we were living, man, it was like gang central, you know, like Mangro Mob, you know, Black Power, you know, Hell's Angels. Like that was the area right there. So all these kids are going to the same school, right? And um, I remember it was like my second day, my, my first day in school. Like I'm hearing, I'm hearing people talking English and accents and using words I'm not even used to. But I remember sitting at my desk and a kid walks by and he's pulling his eyes back and he's like, "Oh, ching chong ching," this and that. And that's like the one of the first things. That's one of the first encounters they had uh. with this new student. So all of a sudden, I'm like already feeling insecure. I've never felt racism towards me, but like that school had a hard time with Asian kids. And there was not many of us. So my younger brother, they, they started physically attacking my younger brother. And um, I, I, wasn't a, I wasn't really, you know, I never got in a fight with anyone like before, but I just knew what I, I experienced in my house. I knew I didn't know how to talk, but, you know, I knew I could take a beating. I didn't know if I could fight, but I knew I could take a beating. And I knew that as an older brother, I had to take care of my younger brother. There was just no question about it. So I remember he got beat up one day. I told him, listen, if they these guys touch you one more time, you have to tell me. And I had no friends. Literally that night I, I'm going to bed and I'm, 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 think I'm thinking about how upset I was at God because I felt like just completely abandoned. I'm, I'm 11 years old and I'm thinking, why would god allow this to happen to me right and i i remember i hardened my heart and i thought like if i gotta i gotta do whatever it takes you know what i mean just to stand up for my brother this and that so the, ne the next day i go to school and new zealanders they play rugby right and i'm in a school with a bunch of maoris samoans tongans fijians like islanders right and I'm just like off in the corner somewhere. My, my, my younger brother runs to me and he's crying hard and he's like holding like his private part. And I'm like, what happened? And he says, I was playing rugby in the rugby field and I was running up the ball. And one of the dudes that's been beating me up ran up to me and kicked me right in the, in the private. And, and I, and I, I knew I just had to go, go, go fight this dude. And I went to the rugby field right away. I, I just started running, got this dude and just started beating on him. And I remember when I got done beating this dude, everyone stopped on, it was recess, everyone stopped and they started, they started looking and there's everyone's keeping quiet, you know? And at the end of school, I thought I'm gonna approach this guy. Cause this, this guy, he was like, you know, a little popular kid, whatever. And but but his group was the ones that were kind of being physically aggressive to my brother. So I went I went after school to meet this guy. So listen, if you if you touch my brother again, if you make one racist comment, like we're gonna we're gonna fight every day. We're gonna fight until you stop. And and they stopped. 
we didn't, I didn't hear one racist comment after that again. You know, not to him, not to me, nothing. And I thought, okay, like, I can finally do, I can finally make a mark somewhere in my life. And with that group that was actually attacking my brothers and that, like, you know, we, we, we kind of lined up. We made our first gang. We call ourselves the NGs. And, um, and that was my first understanding of what gang life was, you know. So, um, and it was just really small stuff. You know, I would be there for like almost a couple of years, like only about two years. My parents wanted to head back to Asia. And um, we moved to Penang, which is not far from Singapore. So I got, fam I got family in Malaysia. I got family in Singapore. We, we moved to an island back in Asia. And my older brother, he was kind of back then, he was kind of, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of crazy too, you know. So he got involved in a local triad, which is the Chinese mafia. And, um, and I got recruited very, very quickly after him. I was 13. I got recruited in the Chinese triads. And to me, like, I, I, found, I felt like, you know, number one, I was kind of back in my culture, in the Asian culture. And um, I felt like when I got recruited in the Chinese triad that I, I really felt like I, I had an opportunity of my life that regular academics and the normal person, you know, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, you know, how am I going to go to school? How am I going to go to college? I can't even read, right? And it was a big, big struggle for me. But here I was, you know, you know, I was just a, just a, just reckless and I was a fighter. And um, I thought, well, I thought I could find maybe a place here where I could do something with my life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Penang, Malaysia, it's, it's small. It's an island city. You're talking maybe 2 million people right now there. And, you know, there's, you know, it's predominant, it's predominantly mainly Chinese there, Chinese descendants, even though it's a Malay, even though it's um, under Malaysia, but, um, and there's, there's, you know, Chinese triads have controlled that island for a long, long time, multiple Chinese triads. So um, I got kicked out of school at 13. So the, the year I joined, I was attacking another school because I, because this school was a rival and, you know, we went to attack this other school and I, and I kind of led this attack, you know, we had weapons and all this stuff and that school reported back to my school. They kicked me out. And I told my parents, I said, I'm not going back to school no more. I'm done. And that was in middle school. So I, I never stepped in high school a day in my life. Wow. And, um, and, you know, the Chinese triad is like a, it's like a triangle, right? Like, and you have the main boss and then the main boss has his right-hand man, left-hand man, and then we have sub-branches. But because I was kicked out of school, my, my leader saw potential in me and he said, you know what? I'm gonna take you under me and you're gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you things that people your age are not gonna know. And there's secret groups, like there's secrets within the Chinese triads too. So there's like things that like, things that other people don't know about, you know, even within the mafia. It's very secretive. So he kind of, he trained me up, made me his right-hand man, put people under me, gave me territory. And I, I was advancing very quickly because, and that, that was my whole focus. So at like 14, like I was, I was, I was overseeing, I think it was four schools, four high schools. And we start recruiting at that. We start recruiting at 13, 14. 
When I say wow. we, I say, you know, the, the, the group I was with, which already Korean, very young, because it's a very big part of the life in Asia. Chinese triads are, they're, they're just everywhere, you know? And, they, and they're, they're involved in all kinds of stuff, legal stuff, illegal stuff, all mixed in. But my, my, my understanding of God at this point was that I, I almost saw God like not as powerful because the Chinese tribe, the one I was involved in, and most of them, there's a certain deity they worship or a certain temple, a designated temple that the tribe will go and worship, you know, which is either Buddhism, Taoism, and they, they 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 mix they mix up different Eastern stuff too, like like Buddha like Thailand Buddhism, so very heavy stuff and it's very demonic, you know. Like they do they do they play with spirits, they play with witchcraft, they play with all that kind of things. And 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 even as a I knew God I knew I knew God was real. I always had a sense that Jesus was the true God. I felt distant from him. I didn't know he was personal. But then I would look at this look at the 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 Buddhism stuff that the triads will be doing. And I'm like, man, like, you know, that you knew there's power in it, right? Because like people will start, people will wear, will wear certain Buddhist necklaces that are prayed by, but by the monk and they wouldn't get, they wouldn't get stabbed, you know, like they'll go for a gang fight and they're getting attacked by machetes and they're not getting cut. And you're, wow. and you're, you're like, man, you know, the spirit realm was real, but I didn't see Jesus powerful. Okay. So at 16, 16 years old, 17 years old, like my, my dream of becoming a branch leader was already there. Like I already made the branch leader, right? Like my, 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 my name was very popular in my Island. And, um, but then I was like, man, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like really empty and miserable and paranoid about life too. Like, you know, like wanting to step up my house I'm, I'm getting freaked out. Like someone waiting for me because we, we would wait for other people. <laughs> And, you know, and I, and I was always thinking to myself, if I bump into someone like me, like it's going to end. And the, but the word of God came to my mom, you know, and I want, I'm going to just pause right here though. At this point with my relationship with my dad, I want to speak about this because maybe God has something to do right now with this, but my dad was the first person I ever saw God change. So by the time I was 15, 16, leading up to 17 years old, like. I remember coming back home one day and my, my, my dad said to me, he said, Hey, Hey son, I got to talk to you. I said, yeah, what's up? He said, I, I really want to apologize to you because I, I really realize I don't know how to be a father. And when, when he said that to me, I realized that he didn't know how to be a father because he never was fathered by his father. And at that, at that time, he told me that there was a shift in, in my dad. Like, he started wanting to spend time with me and asked me, like, oh, how, like, how are you doing right now? And, and that whole violent thing, it disappeared. I didn't see it anymore. And, I, and at that time, even at that time, I thought, I think God is changing him even though at that time I was a hardcore gangster and and at that time I never could tell you that I saw Jesus to change anybody's life but I knew if my dad could change it had to be Jesus because nothing else would change that man because he was a hard man and then he started becoming soft and not only soft but in a in a place that I he started winning my trust over and he knew 
about all the gang stuff. I would have, I would have gang meetings in my house at times, you know, and so at that point, he 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 took a transition of what was culturally normal and what he experienced with understanding his father, and he switched that into what is understanding the the father God. Hmm. And um, we became very close. We became very close, you know, even to a point that like, you know, I think a lot of fathers who are Christian would probably, you know, kick me out or abandon me or whatever. But he, he did things to me that he showed loyalty and loyalty to me was big back then, you know, because we, 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 we live by loyalty in our code that we live in the Chinese tribes or any, any, any gang, real gangs, you know, they live by loyalty because your guys are going to protect you and you're going to protect them. And you have to know that. But my dad showed me a loyalty. And even some of my people in the, in the Chinese tribes, they knew, they even knew, they even knew my dad. And like, but the word of the Lord came to my mom and um, the word God told my mom that, you know, Chobi's going to die in the gutter. You got to leave the country. So they, my parents pack up and they leave. I don't know why they leave. And um, they asked me, hey, do you want to come back to this? Do you want to go to the States? You know, at this point, like, like Malaysia, Penang was my home. And honestly, I went because of my dad because we were close at the time. And I just knew that he'd be stressed out about me. And um, I thought I'm going to go to the States a little bit. I'll catch a break and then I'll, I'll go back to Malaysia maybe a little bit later. I ended up coming back and I didn't know what God spoke to my mom about. And even back in the States, like, you know, I'm still trying to stay organized with the triad. Like my, my, I have my subgroup, my, my branch leader trying to take over my, like me and I try to put them in position, stuff like that. So I'm still making phone calls back and forth. And um, back then I had a girl, a girlfriend, and one of my guys called me and said, Toby, like she's, she's cheating on you. And because of who I was and because of the way I lived, because, you know, in that in in secret societies, we have our own laws. We don't go by the law of the land. We have our own laws. Right. That are, that are just just just, just kind of what we live by. So I knew, like, if she cheats on me with this with this guy and this guy was also a triad member. Right from a you know, and he knew me, so I thought, man, this guy right here, like, I got, I got, I gotta, I gotta take care of him, and I was so upset, and and you know, I lived by violence back then, and I called my ex, my 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 my, my girlfriend at the time. I, I said, hey, listen, I heard what's going on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back, and I want you to tell that guy I got something waiting for him. I got a present for him when I come back. So I bought a plane ticket and I got my suitcase and I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave my house. And my, my mom is staying at the door and she gives me a hug and she looks at me. She said, I want to tell you something, son. And my, my mom's pretty a gentle woman, you know, but she had this, 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 like, she was zeroed in on me and she said, I want to tell you something. She said, I don't know. If I'll ever see you again, because they, they knew, like, I'm going back to take care of something, you know, she said, I don't know if, I, if I'll ever see you again, but I want you to know that I told God 
that he can do whatever he take whatever it takes to turn you to him. And when she told me that, let me tell you, she told me that with an authority, and it was a it was a, a supernatural authority because I can feel it in my spirit. Wow. And it freaked me out. Probably the first <laughs> first time you probably ever felt anything like that, right? I mean, it wrecked it it, it. it it put something in me. Yeah. That I thought, I felt almost like a covering left. I felt almost like a, like and it's hard to explain it, but I felt like an exposure. <laughs> now you know, wow. like something, something might happen. So I get on the airplane, and here I was I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, I was in the airplane, and I had this New Testament Bible, a small NIV New Testament Bible. Couldn't read, but I I would I brought it with me, and and from time to time, like I would just bring this Bible with me, bro, because I I just thought maybe good luck, you know, like the guys in the tribes and they're bringing all these all these all these crazy you know necklaces and and charms and stuff like that. I thought, well, I know God is real, but I'll bring the Bible. <laughs> I, I would it, do the same thing. Yeah, I would yeah, do the same don't thing. Know, yeah, yeah, you know, as a Christian. Yeah, don't don't know what it says, you know, it's yeah. a religious kind of deal. But I get in the plane and and. And I'm freaked. I, I was always freaked out of planes back then because I, I, you know, like I had no control being in a plane. And um, so I, I open this, I flip this Bible open and I see these three words. I see the sentence pop out, okay? And it said that in three days, I will heal your wounds. And now, as a believer, when I look back, I, I've never, I've never seen that in the New Testament. Okay, so I, I think it was actually something because it, it was, it was in me. I knew what I was seeing. Yeah, I, I was, I knew what I was seeing because I, I literally said to my, I literally said a prayer for that. I said, God, if, if this is real, you know, if you're speaking to me, then I'll give you three days and I won't go after that guy. Wow. And I, and I close the Bible and I get to Malaysia. And even real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but even at that time, didn't you, didn't you uh, struggle reading at that point? Cause yeah, I couldn't read. I wow. couldn't read. There was, there was no reading. <laughs> wow. There was no reading, you know? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't read. So it, it was, it was two days in and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about attacking this guy and I was so angry I thought the only way that I will feel better in my heart, like healed, is if I attack this guy, you know, almost like if I, if I do my revenge, I, I do what I came to do, then maybe I'll feel good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's twisted, but that's the way I thought. And I was laying in bed and I woke up the next morning, the third day. And I can, I, I felt almost like, so I felt like my, like my heart and the anger was just put out. Just like, just like, I, I like almost like cool water, you know, like in my spirit, wow. in the room, and and I I was not angry, <laughs> so I, I I made this whole trip there, and like I'm not angry at this guy. That is incredible. So I called it off, you know, but that planted in my mind. Like three weeks later, cause I was there for like a month, right? A couple weeks later, I'm there. I don't know if it was three, two or three weeks. And I'm, I'm with all my guys, you know. And we're at the club, and that was just common life: going to the club, getting bottles, 
you know, so we got, we got a table and we, we ordering bottles to come and it's only me and like two other guys. And like, it's like a couple out, a few hours in, we're just having a good time. We're getting our drinks in. And then my friend goes to the restroom. He, he went to the restroom, the dance floor. I'm not sure. He comes back though. And he said, Chobi, I ran into one of my rivals and they're here. And I told him, I said, listen, man, like, I really don't, we just spent all this money. I don't want to fight in the club right now. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Let's go back. Let's, let's ignore this, you know? And we closed, closed at three. The club closed at three o'clock, 3 a.m. It closed down and we were going to get some food. And so we, we take a drive, maybe like a 15 minute drive down, you know, down the street. And there's a place that we eat just some food, some Asian food by the side of the road, you know? And there's like some plastic tables and all that. And it's like a 24 hour place. So like, it's, it's a little busy. And I'm sitting down and like, just order food, my, you know, and, and then this car pulls up and my friend recognizes the car. And he said, Toby, see that car just pulled up. He's like, those are the guys I was telling you about in the club. And they're, they're, they're here right now. And these guys literally sit down to a table next to us. And there's like, there's, uh, you know, there's a few of them. And my friend's like, what do you want me to do, Chobe? I said, well, go, go talk to him, see what's going on. Why are they here? And when he goes up, they just start fighting. So we're fighting, man. We're just fighting. We're tearing the place up. Chairs are flying everywhere. And then we leave. But one of, one of the guys, though, he got hurt. He got, he got hurt pretty bad from the other group. So the next day, I got a phone call by one of my guys who were at this mall called Gurney Plaza. And Gurney Plaza was, was my area back there. Me and another guy took care of Gurney Plaza. That was like our territory for the triad. So they came to that, they came to this mall looking for me because they know that was our territory and they're coming to retaliate. So I was heading over and I was making some phone calls for guys to come. And, and over there, when you make phone calls, people start coming right away. They start, you know. So my boss, he went there first. My lead, my ex-leader, he went there first and he was like on the top floor waiting for me. He said, when everybody gets here, come meet me. We'll assemble and then we'll go meet these guys. So I'm on the first floor and I'm with the two guys I was with the night before because I want to make sure all of us meet the leader and that we have the same story to tell him. You know, there's no confusion going on. So on the we're on the first floor of the elevator to go up and, and I see some guys who I don't know around me and I don't know if they're customers for the mall or what, you know, but they're kind of, you know, they're kind of waiting down there. So anyways, I, I push the elevator button and I'm waiting for the elevator to come down. The elevator opens up and I can, I, and I knew it was the other, the other mafia inside the elevator. Cause when it opened up, I could see the way, these guys are holding themselves as a bunch of them. It's like cram this elevator. They start walking out. And when they walk out, they're not, they don't know who I am because it was different. It was more of their group, right? The last guy though, I saw his face and he was one of the guys that we attacked. Wow. And when, he, when he saw us, he stopped and he told everybody, these are the guys right here. So, but when they came out, we went in the elevator because I know my boss is upset. We got to meet up and like, you know, some things are some things are done very formally in the Chinese triad. When the leader's there, you gotta kind of go 
you're under him now. You got to go see him, you know? So we're in the elevator and something happened because, I mean, we're, we're talking in Chinese, this and that. And, and, but something happened in the spirit realm that, that I just knew for some reason, I, I felt this heavy presence, bro. And it freaked me out. And I, I can feel this presence of death here. And it caught my attention that it was distracting me of what was going what was happening in front of me. And I was thinking about the spirit of death. I'm, I'm thinking about God. And I just, I, 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 something in me told me I was going to die today. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I die today, I don't, I, I'm going to hell. I know I'm not going to go of God, you know? And, and all of a sudden, the leader of this, of the other triad who's standing there, he pulls out a machete. He had, he had it in the back of his pants, pulled a machete out, and he's pointing it to us. And at that time, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't share this on my other YouTube testimony, but what was happening was he, they were actually – a lot was going on that time, a lot of commotion. But they were trying to, they were trying to kidnap – there was other cars at the parking lot. They were trying to kidnap us, bring us over there. They had all, they had all the samurai swords and all that ready for us, you know. Wow. And and we found out that out later because we have other in, you know other guys that are connected with them that tell us hey, Joe, this this was actually going on you know they're breaking it down, but at that moment they were either going to kidnap us or they're going to go right there, and they were they were talking hey come with us come with us right now but the, this guy was so angry with the machete the boss he was about to start swinging and I knew that you know we, us being stubborn saying hey we're not going anywhere he was getting so hot and I was waiting for this thing to come come down on us right 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 then but at the same time I'm, I'm i'm thinking about this god thing and the spirit of death thing that i just thought if i die i don't know who god is and i just took a step back and i said you know what came to my mind was my mom would always say if you get any problem call in the name of jesus and that came to my mind i said jesus help me jesus save me and i saw his hand go back and someone lifted his hand back, and I and it was a guy who was from our triad who knew that leader, and he was waiting to go upstairs too, but he held him back. We were able to get out, and then later that night, wow. um, um, you know, we had a talk with the other triad, like face to face, and that, and it kind of got squashed, kind of, kind of got squashed for that for that for that, for that moment, you know. And then I started thinking, I said the name of Jesus in a time that I'm. I felt a spirit of death. Something told me I'm dying right now. My mom, my, you know, what the name of Jesus and what my mom said came to my mind. I called on Jesus. And then I thought to myself, maybe his name is powerful. That may, maybe, maybe what I thought about him was wrong. But next day, you know, I'm out at another club. I'm not changing because I was so far deep. I thought maybe it's a coincidence, you know, maybe I just escaped. I don't know. But at the same time, it was so real to me, but I was trying to almost not run or recognize that it was real, if that makes sense at all. I'm at this club the, day, the, the next day, and I'm taking pills, and I'm, and I'm like overdosing. And my friends are bringing me out of the club. They sit me down, and I'm like asking for water, like, you know, and I can feel my body going cold, and my spirit is like coming out of my body. And I'm looking at myself and I'm, and I'm just feeling like my spirit is leaving my body, like a detachment. It's coming like right out. 
I thought about the day before and I said, I'm going to look into the sky. God, help me, Jesus. Jesus, just using that name, Jesus. And again, I, I, did, I just felt this power and I, and I felt my spirit go my body and I was completely sober, completely. So there was no like feeling I was eating. No, it was automatic. And that was the second thing that I saw using his name. You know, and then the next day, one of my right hand man was picking me up from a friend's house and we were going to go, go, go out that night. And there was another, another car in front of us. And, and, um, before I get in the car though, I heard a voice and said, put your seatbelt on. And I, ne I never put my seatbelt on, but I put my seatbelt on and my friend, my friend's looking at me. He's like, Hey, Chobe, you don't trust me. I said, listen, man, you put your seatbelt on too. Cause we just didn't wear our seatbelts. And he knew me enough long enough all these years. I never wore them. I said, you put your seatbelt on too. He put it, he put it on and we're going down the street and he's going super quick, man. And the car in front of us was stopping a little bit too soon. And he put his brakes on and started to fishtail. And there was a sidewalk next to the road. And I remember thinking to myself in that split second that, you know, literally from all, all my life went through my eyes. I mean, one before my eyes, like, I mean, I'm talking, I saw everything. Wow. In, 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 in that second. And I, 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 I real and, and that split and that time that when I, my life flashed before my eyes, I realized how broken my life was. And I realized how far from God I was. And I realized how many people I hurt, not only hurt, like I was a leader, you know, like I was leading a group. I was, I was, a, I was a branch leader. You know, I was recruiting. I, I, you know, I kicked people out of the triad. You know, I had that, I had that, 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 that role. I wasn't, you know, I was promoting, I was promoting the mafia to, 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 to make it grow, to take over area, you know, take over areas to get people trained up. You know, I was training, you know, like, and I thought, man, I'm so I'm so far from God, and here I am in this car, and I'm about to I'm about to hit the grave right now. It was so quick, man, that car, and I just knew anything I hit, it's gonna take my life. But at the same time, I knew the only thing that could save me was gonna be a miracle. And then the last two days came in my mind too, and I thought, man, he God really saved me, and now I'm, I'm in this I'm in this car is about to wreck. And I remember blacking out and I open up my eyes and I'm seeing leaves through the windshield. And not only do I see leaves in the windshield, there's a metal pipe that comes that's past my head and my head was leaning over like this. And this, this massive beam was like past my head and like it went through the back windshield. That's how big this thing was. Wow. And my head, and it scratched my head right here. My head's leaning over, and I look over to my to my friend, and he's going. His eyes, he's going through a seizure. Eyes are rolled back. I never saw a seizure until that day. Eyes are rolled back, and he's just vibrating like violently. And I'm thinking to myself, I gotta get him out of the car. I pop my seatbelt, open the door, and I fall on the floor, and I fall 
hard. Like it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I fell on my body. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I fell on my feet. And I get up off the floor and I look at this car. And this car was sitting in this tree. Okay. Because what happened was it jumped off. It, it, we lost control of the car. Jumped off the sidewalk. It was so fast that the tree had like two big branches. And we were sit. our car was sitting in the tree like a V. You that know? is crazy. It was nuts. And the front of the car hit this little village house. That's why there was, a, there was a pole and all that. Anyways, these these people, these villagers in Malaysia, were, they're taking my, you know, get my friend out, got him out. He's in my lap, and his blood is going. His blood all coming out. Said his blood going all over my shirt, all over my pants. And he's telling me, he's whispering to me, he cannot feel below his waist. He couldn't walk. And he's telling me, please tell my mom and my dad that I love them. He's, t- he's telling me his last words. And again, I, I hear another voice to pray for him. So I start praying for him. I'm praying for him. I'm saying, God, you know, have mercy on him. And I felt so guilty because he's my, he was my right-hand man. I recruited him. You know, I, I made him into a gangster. And I did not want this guy to die because of, my, of, of the situation I brought him in. We go to the hospital and um, I'm laying there in the hospital. I'm thinking about everything in my life. And I just thought that my life is so evil. I think that if I keep going, that God's either going to take me or I'm going to, or my life is going to end short. There's no way I'm going to survive. But at the same time, I realized how the power of God showed up when I called on him and I was crying, I was, I was crying in the, in the bed because I was thinking to myself, I'm so evil. Every part of me was evil. There was nothing good in my mind, you know, like, and I was like, wow, man, God, he, he, I just called on him and he was right there to save me a sinner like me. I'm so evil, but he had mercy to spare me where if it was me if i was god i'd be like man this guy is done he's ready to go but i saw the love of god in that time and i thought if god can love someone like me i gotta give my life over his love really wrecked me man his love wrecked me i said god i'm done i want you to lead my life i want you to be my leader i want to be a christian whatever you know like i'm, I'm it's it's over like my old life I, I i want you to help me and I felt, I felt my life become complete that day. You know what I'm saying? Like, like something happened in me, this, this, um, everything I was looking for, I knew it was God. You know, God was always like right, right there, but I, I didn't realize it. And now I asked him in my life and now I'm like, wow, this is, this is what I'm living, supposed to live for. And, and that's really interesting because at that point, you know, and, and I'm sure you had gotten pretty much almost like anything that you had wanted from a material perspective, right? You had all the things that the world says that should make us happy, but yet there was still something missing, right? Dude, I was, the more I got, the more empty I was, wow. you know, and the more unclean I felt. And, and, and back then too, I didn't know why I felt unclean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like I was like, you know. You know, I, I didn't know why I felt unclean, but at a material, at a material standpoint, yeah, you know, I mean, 
the 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 power the power and the fame that the triad the triad you know that's how people want to become leaders because you become like a star over there you know you you get privileged everywhere kind of deal you know and it but but it it was it was so empty mm. yeah it was so empty so I, I i get back i get back to the i fly back to the states and I remember going on my knees and just knowing, looking at the Bible and knowing that God's plan for me is in this word. But I said, God, I can't read your will. I, I don't know what you want from my life because I don't know how to read. And I was like, I, I need to know what you want from me because I want you, but I don't know how to know you if I cannot read the word. But at that time, I always knew God can heal. You know, you hear the stories that God can heal people. So I said, Lord, please heal me so I can read. <laughs> at that time, I didn't care if I could read anything else, but I wanted to know the word. And I, would, I opened that New Testament Bible up, you know, and, and, I, and literally, man, I, I, I could feel the presence of God, you know, like when I would do this and I would see the, 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 the letters and the words and like the words started making sense little by little. And then sentences started making sense little by little. And then and then whole pages and then the chapters are making sense little by little. And I would feel, I could feel like a tingling on my head. You know, I can feel like a physical tingling. And in my mind, I almost feel like God was reconstructing my mind because I was blown out by drugs and all that too. Wow. And within the first six months, I read the New Testament seven times. Wow. I just started eating it up, eating it up, eating it up, eating it up, eating it up. And I started realizing that conviction started happening. I'm like, man, the things that I thought was right was wrong in my life. And the things that I thought that was wrong was actually right in my life. You know? So, like, everything started flipping. You know? Like, things started making sense. And I realized that this is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. And I, and I, I could trust the Word of God, you know? And um, a lot of repentance started happening, a lot of cleaning house, you know, like I got rid of the, you know, triad stuff. You know, we had, we had shirts of different, you know, God names on them that I, you know, I, I burned at a samurai sword, you know, that I got rid of and um, just different stuff, you know, like just start cleaning and God started showing things like, wow, like, like, man, the things of the world is really a trap. And, um, at the same time, I was very, I was very fearful of God too, because I realized that he was ultimate power. He was ultimate power, you know, and, um, within that six months, there were a few things that I, I can see that he was challenging me to do, you know, like, um, You know, one of them was, was, um, I, I was really big into fashion even then. And, you know, in the triad, they want you to dress nice. They say, don't dress like, you know, you represent the triad. You want to go look professional, this and that. I had so much nice clothes, you know, and I remember God telling me one time, you know, during that, during those first six months, Hey, I want you to give, give all of them away, everything. And I think I was left with like two, like literally two boxers, two shorts, two pants. Like I gave trash bags. I just donated them. And you know, something like that, 
for me at the time, it was so challenging. But, you know, God was breaking me, breaking my identity down to being found in him, you know. So there was a lot of dying that had to take place, challenging things. And, and then even when I first gave my life to the Lord, I, did, I never thought God would ask me to quit the triad because the triad was, was everything to me. But he did. And I, I would look at the Bible and read the Bible and I would say, well, God is speaking to everyone in the Bible. Right. God is speaking to everybody in the Bible. And I'm like always asking God, God, speak to me, Lord. I want to hear you. And he started speaking to me and he started speaking and I could feel it like this thing in my spirit, almost like your, your spirit, man, you know, it, it recognizes what the Holy Spirit is saying too. Right. And when he said to me, I want you, I want you to go back and quit. I, I had some resistance. I thought there's no way I can quit. But, I, but at the same time inside me, I wanted to follow, follow God's will. And, um, Day after day, I would pray, and I get the same word, you know, go back and, and, and handle this, go back and quit. And um, I started having dreams about them attacking me when I was going to quit, and the spiritual warfare was, gonna ha was starting to pick up big time my dreams. And I thought, man, the enemy really doesn't want me to quit, so this must be God. That was another way, that, that was another way that you know, I felt like God was speaking to me was it, it the, the spiritual warfare warfare picked up. So I thought, man, maybe I'm doing something right here if I quit. So I, I, I did. I bought I bought a plane ticket. I flew back to Malaysia. And I, I met with my old boss. He, he brought he actually brought me to my favorite my favorite place to eat, you know, and um, and we, we, we were always close. And. We had dinner and I, and I told him, I said, you know, I, I have something I got to give you. I came back to Malaysia to give you something. And, and, you know, in Chinese culture, we give these red envelopes for like birthdays and celebrations or like weddings or, and these red envelopes have Chinese writing on them and there's money inside. But one of the things in the Chinese tribe you have to do is you have to present this to the boss and tell him, I'm, I'm sorry, but I gotta, I gotta leave. So after we ate, he, he was bringing me to where I was staying, and um, I got out of the car. And I said, can you please come out of the car? And there was two other leaders in the car. It wasn't just me and him. And these are elders, man. These are like, you know, gangsters, man. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. He might have to do something to me just because the other two are in the vehicle, you know. And get out of the car, and I get on my knees, and I say, please take this envelope. I want to quit. And I remember he picks me. And I'm, at that time, let me tell you though, I was, I, I, I was very challenged up until that point. I was scared. There were times that I was, I was scared, but I'm trying to battle it in the spirit. Like, don't be afraid. Like God's with me. I knew God was with me, but you know, you know, I, but I, I knew, I knew I had to do what I had to do. And so I got on my knees, but when I got on my knees, I can feel God's peace come. And I did not feel alone. I did not feel alone. In, felt, in fact, I felt very close to Jesus in the midst of that, you know? And, 
and you know i'm i'm a very uh, and then i'm a very valuable person to my boss because he knew what i did for the triad he knew i grew the triad you know i made our branch very strong and i was one of the i was one of you know um a few branch leaders under him and i was the youngest branch leader under him but i was very valuable to him so when he picks me up he takes the envelope and he says he says Chobi, why do, first he asked me why do you want to quit and i told him i said i must quit because this is what god did for my life god is asking me to quit god told me to come back here to take care of this you know and he, he has a different plan for my life it's not this anymore and my boss my old boss he's a very he's a religious guy too he takes his shirt off he has all the buddhism tattoos on him you know and he wears all the stuff you know from the temples and all that and he um first he told me he said if you want to quit you just leave he said why don't why don't actually before he said that he said why don't you retire because we have a saying in the triad that you can retire once you get to a certain level you want to lay low you're still in but you're considered retired you know what i'm saying like you did your thing you're done you're you're at this place you're you're just retired but you're still respected and all that and i said no i don't want to be retired i said i need to come out and he said okay if you want to come out i'll 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 i'll, I'll call the office that you came out but he said i don't want them i don't want the the red packet the red envelope but i said you have to take the red envelope please i said like i gotta i must do this tradi the traditional way like I, I gotta come out the the, the you know facing this on right here as I, this is like official you know so he took the envelope took the money out he handed me the money back and he said listen you know i'll take the i'll take the envelope you take the money and we'll be at peace i said okay and that was it he left and i left when he did when i when he left i remember before i went to the place i was staying i spent time with the lord for a little bit and i felt so close to the lord so close to the lord you know and it was probably one of the best decisions and days of my life very confronting very confronting very challenging up into that time I don't know if I did a mo more confronting thing in my life than, than quitting the triad, but it was the most liberating thing. And um, I felt free. I felt free. And I felt like things were breaking, you know, chains were breaking too. So the next day, I, I go to the mall that I, I, I that was under, under us, you know, and I, I made a phone call and all my guys who I was leading met me there. And I sat them down and they're all pumped up. They're ready. They're happy to see me, you know, and, um, and I was happy to see them too. But I told myself, listen, th this is the reason why I'm here. We're having this meeting today because yesterday I met with the boss and I told the boss I'm out. And this is the reason why I'm out. And this is the reason, this is, you know, the reason why we're meeting here today is to tell you, first off, I'm sorry for getting you guys involved, you know? Like these guys before, they never hold a machete before until I put one to their hand, you know, when they're young, man, when they're, you guys are young. And I said, listen, I'm done. I hope you guys choose a different life too, but I'm out. And, um, and they got the gospel. They knew I became a Christian.
and then I left. And that that was that was my story, you know. That was my story. And you know, shortly after that, I joined YWAM, Youth with a Mission, you know, so it's a mission organization and I'm still a YWAMer and God's called me to different things too and you know, uh, I'm I'm working right now also by Sudu Missions. Just got back from um Colombia, El Salvador and wow. spreading spreading the gospel, man, still. And and that and that's that's going to be life for me. You know? Wow, that is just so so cool, so incredible. What what a testimony, and and praise God uh, for for everything that He did uh, throughout your story. Um, I, I want to bring it back real quick to your parents, uh, specifically yeah. your your dad. So, you know, when you saw your dad change so dramatically like that, uh, and you knew you understood that he was starting to develop a relationship with Jesus. Do you think that that played a role maybe subconsciously as you went along then through, throughout the next uh, several years in the gang, maybe giving a little bit more credence to maybe there is something here to this whole Jesus thing? Definitely. Like I said, my, my dad, even at that time, he was the first person I saw anybody change. Wow. And I knew God, that was me having a, a more of a understanding that God was real and that he can change people. Yes, so definitely, and and not not only um, you know, not not only did, did did I did I did I see that, but I it also okay, it it also gave me an understanding that you know God God is able to change any person, because up until that point, I thought no, one, my dad's never gonna change. He'll always have a high temper. He'll always be violent, but no, he changed. And not only did he change, you know, he, he, he has spoke, uh, you know, I was in a conference with him, I think two, two years ago, and he was talking with other YWAM Asian leaders, you know, leaders, you know, talking about this, talking about breaking, you know, cultural cycles and sharing, you know, sharing and me sharing. And, and it's like, God had a redemption story both ways, you know, which is awesome, man. And we're, and we are, we are literally, we are like best friends, you know, me and my dad, we're so close and, and he's redeemed that, you know, so generational stuff, the Lord wants, wants to, you know, he, he wants to break and, and make things new, you know, in families too. And in generations to come, man. Wow. That is, that is absolutely incredible. And, and another part of this too, I know is your mom, uh, it seems like a, an incredible woman, a very wise woman. And, and she was praying for you too, this whole time, right? Yes. And I think that's, that's important to note because, um, I can't tell you how many times I see people or when I'm talking to people here on the show, people coming out of uh new age, you know, whatever it is, you know, say, you know, satanic stuff. Someone, someone is always praying somewhere for this person. And, and it's mm. so important. It maybe it may seem like, you know, years go by, just like in your case, Maybe doesn't seem like there's any changes going on, but th that prayer that moves the hand of God. So I think it's so important to remember to to not give up on that. Just like mm -hmm. your mom sounds like she didn't to not give up and keep trusting that God is moving even when you when you're not seeing it, you know, by your eyes. A hundred percent. Prayer is powerful, man. It is right. We cannot underestimate. I mean, if you imagine if if me and you know the, my my testimony is only a short part of what God's done in my life, right? I mean, 
Um, there's so many miracles I see even, you know, as we walk, as we, as we continue to walk with God, we're still seeing God move. Right. But me as you know, to me, in my mind, I was the worst person out there. If I could just say, Jesus, help me. And God is saving, God is intervening. God is, God is like, you know, he's making moves, you know, and he's defending his own name. I mean, man, you know, he is us as his children, you know, or, or for asking God, hey, God, you know, please handle this on my behalf. God is God is awesome. Yeah. You know, his wonders are awesome. Yeah. Um, and then how about with the triad now being being a part of that for for a while now is mm. do, you, do you still feel safe with that? How how is that? You, you don't have yeah. any ties still? No, no. Oh, well, OK, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel safe. I, I, for me, I don't go back to my island though, because there, there's, um, you know, some, you know, if God, if God very strongly would say go back, I go, I would go back. There would be a time He says that, and I'll do that. But, you know, like, there's a lot of things there, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, because there's so many things in the past, spiritually wise, like different things, you know, plus different the different rivals that was built up. I don't, I don't, I don't go back, but the guys that I was in the same group with, right. We, we do have somewhat communication. For example, um, October was it October, October of last year. Okay. A few months ago, my ex boss sent me a picture of the, of the testimony that you saw. Okay. I don't think he's ever seen my testimony. He sent me a picture of it. Okay. Wow. And he wrote me. Okay. All right. He wrote me and he said, Hey, you know, are these stories, you know, you know, are these the ones that, you know, we went through this? And I said, yeah, these are the ones we went through. He's okay. You know, wow. he didn't, he didn't, he never said to me, you know, when I was, in fact, when I was in Peru, I went to Peru and Colombia in December and I was sharing my testimony and um, I took a picture of the church. I said, listen, our stories are reaching South America. You know, this is like, like you know, so cool. and, and it's, it's what it's, you know, and then I've had a few guys throughout the years to contact me asking for prayer or, you know, one or two of them even turn life to the Lord also, but it took a long time, you know, but even now, if I remember, I'll pray for them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Absolutely remarkable. Um, last question I want to end, end with is, you know, going back there to square one when you had that um fractured relationship with the church didn't quite have that understanding of god what would you tell that uh younger version of yourself about god what you know now and maybe by way of telling your younger version of yourself maybe some of the people that are listening right now maybe have gone through some of the same things that you've went through in terms of they've had different parts of their life where maybe god was speaking to them and maybe those were moments where god was planting seeds but they haven't yet hundred percent committed their, their spirit to the Lord. Right. What would you tell those people in your younger self about what you understand uh, about Jesus in that relationship now? You know, um, You know, we, we, can, we can never really find out about God until we ask him ourselves. 
I thought I would, you know, I thought I was a Christian my whole life. If you'd ask me, if you, are you anything? I would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I didn't, I had no idea who God was. Because a personal interaction, you don't know somebody person, personally until you actually know them personally. You, uh, you know, I could hear about Bruce Lee all my life, but I don't know Bruce Lee until I meet Bruce Lee. Right? We can say, oh, I, 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 I know God, but you may not, you may not really know his heart for you, how he feels about you, how, how, how much he wants to, you know, um, work in your life. You know, I would say that, you know, God, God is always there. He, he's with us. You know, and you may we may not want to talk to him because we're 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 hearing our parents say, "Hey, read the Bible, you pray." We don't want to hear that. You know, but you might. But but I would say that, you know, ask God to encounter your life. Ask God to encounter your life. And give him that room to move. He's real. I mean, there's just no doubt. I, I, I always tell people, you know, you probably tell people the same thing. You ask Jesus to do something. If he's, if he's not real, if he's not God, he's not going to do nothing. If he's real, if he's alive and if he loves you, if somebody loves you and you give them the room to move, they'll let you know they love you. Right? If I love somebody and they give me the room to let them know I love them, I'm going to make myself known to them, right? And so if God is who he says he is, then he will let you know mm. that he's real and that he loves you. And he's God. He has our back. He has our best interest for us. Even though we think he wants to do all this bad stuff, listen, God's a good God. He's powerful. He's loving. He's good. He's just, you know. But I would say give him that room. Awesome. I love that. And, and kind of doing my, my work for me at the end, that's what I always end the show with is, is asking people to pretty much do exactly what you said. So, you know, really well said, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And I have really, really enjoyed this. It's been an absolute honor. And uh, I want to make sure that I get people an opportunity to find where I found you originally, which is on your YouTube channel. Uh, so just type in his name, uh, Chobi Siao. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'll, I'll put the link below like I always do. And you can find, uh, like I said, the original um, original testimony video and some other content there and uh, really recommend that. It's, you know, a lot of the, the things that we covered today uh, in under a half an hour. So a great thing to share for people that might have some time constraints. And uh, Joby, I just want to say thank you again so much. I really, awesome. really appreciate this. Yeah, this was man. amazing and I appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, I, I will be praying for you and wish you the best of uh, success with, with everything that you're doing uh, going forward for, for the kingdom. Hey Amen. Thank you, man. Thank you for your time and what you're doing. Thank you. Well, that's the show for this week, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in this week. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. That was one of my favorite interviews of the year so far, and I hope it was one of yours as well. I want to challenge you to think back to times in your life where God may have intervened in the same way or not in the same way, but in a similar way, I should say, uh, as, as he did with Chobi. Where are the times where maybe, um, you know, something bad could have happened, not necessarily you losing your life, um, 
but just different examples where you can see the hand of God working in your life, um, different times that maybe you haven't ever thought about before or maybe you haven't thought about in a long time. I think that God uh, interacts with us in these types of ways a lot more often than, than we give him credit for. And I've even heard in other uh, interviews before, uh, near-death experience interviews, that when people have their life reviews, these incidents uh, where God has either save somebody or somebody has, um, it's, you know, seen prayer work in some way. Um, these get highlighted in their life review and they kind of take a, a go on the back burner, so to speak, as, as opposed to many other things in that person's life. Maybe it, I think it, like for many, many of us, it gets, it's a lot easier for us to maybe focus on the things that didn't go the way that we wanted them to or the things that uh, gave us trouble. And we kind of forget about the, the times that God came through for us. So if you could just think about those times, I challenge you to do that um, and challenge you to keep doing it going forward. Um, I know that God is still interacting with us, still speaking with us um, in the same ways that we hear in these interviews, we hear that we read about in the Bible. Um, and I just think it makes that relationship with God that much more visceral, exciting, and um, that much more, I just think, compelling and, and adds a lot of depth when we really have that awareness of what he's still doing for us um so challenge you to do that and just want to say thank you again for sharing the podcast and subscribing and uh just really appreciate again all your support and i look forward to seeing you all next week have a great week everybody take care bye-bye